When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today, long-awaited interview with the one and only Saha the Prince. How you feeling, man? My guy, Adam. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'm great. I'm great. Yeah. Yes, sir. It's great to see you. It's great to see you in good health. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a blessing. Definitely. You know, a really weird realization I had while I was getting ready for this was that moment where I was like, oh, I first seen this guy back in the day in that fucking Yellow Wolf, Yellow Wolf video with Pill. And like somehow my brain had erased the fact that that was you in that video exactly. of all the times I heard and seen you since then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That kind of tripped me out. Yeah, man, that was that was my breakthrough right there. That was um, it was a cool it was a cool time in in our careers because this was when like the first kind of southern conscious hip hop rappers, I guess they would call us lyricists, mm-hmm. had kind of rebirthed themselves. And um, that was the video that Kanye West seen. Mm. That was like, who is this dude right here? And he was like, oh, that's Saha. He was like, yeah, get him to Hawaii. <laughs> right. So that's kind of where my career started, actually. That was a great time, really. And it was very much like the blog era. But mm-hmm. I remember being like really excited about, you know, you, Trouble, Alley Boy, uh, uh, Pill. Mm-hmm. Pill doesn't get like he's Enough been kind of written out of history a little bit. When Trap Going Ham came out, mm-hmm. it blew my fucking mind into a million pieces. He was on a double XL cover, and it just doesn't really get brought up the way he should because he was fire. Yeah, man, that was that was when the the essence of Atlanta was pure. Like we were the ones that was like we kind of got in the game off like showcases and like mm. doing open mics and different things like that. So he was one of them ones that was. You know, moving throughout the city as long as, you know, as well as myself. Uh, yeah, y- Yellow Wolf had moved from Alabama there. So it was like, you know, that's when Big Crick came down there. So it was like really a, you know, that was that time of uh, early 2010s where we was just like rapping our way into the music industry. Now it's like you got to have the whole like shebang bang with it <laughs> mm. you know that's interesting because i mean in in some ways that was an era in which all of a sudden you could start building a name for yourself without a label without a, a big rapper co-sign mm-hmm. but then at the same time it was very difficult to sort of make that leap from uh from that sort of level to the next level whereas now the label's this is what they do. They're mm-hmm. purely interested in being able to figure out how to take you from nothing into a superstar. Absolutely. Especially if you already kind of did a lot of the groundwork, they just going to come pour the gasoline on it and you just... Mm. So, nah, definitely. Yeah. Were you conscious of, like, the blogs and shit at that time? Or, like, how did you see yourself around that era? What was your plans for your career and how that was going to play out? You know, it, it was it was interesting then because... I had interest from like guys like Ludacris and like Jeezy. Mm. So when my when I told my team that I'd rather go with Kanye West, they was like, "What do you mean? Who is Kanye West?" Like, because Atlanta was like popping then, so mm. it was like, "Why would you go over here when you got these artists over here?" I'm like, he kind of fit what I'm trying to do, as far as on a musical level, you know, artistically. 
And they was just like, man, you tripping. So it was like hard for me to get a lot of support from my own team back then mm. because we had our own stars in Atlanta that they felt were just as adequate or, you know, bigger than Kanye at the time. But I just kind of seen it. I just seen further than my city. My city is lit, so it's hard to, like, mm. not be indulged in it, you know? And it's crazy when you think about it that that – was i don't know three four years before we heard of the migos and mm -hmm. that you know is like as big as atlanta was at the time and like i think that was around the time that people really started to say like new york is not the heart of hip-hop anymore atlanta is the biggest scene in hip-hop mm -hmm. and that was kind of a new thing but you know like even 2007 2006 or whatever it hadn't fully been cemented that that was the case right yet. right right now we had like like i said we had our jeezy's our ti's our ludicrous but then that right there kind of put a uh, a highlight on our city mm. on a on a mass level, you know what I mean, on a pop culture level as well. So then more artists started coming out of the city. That's when the future started coming in, you know, the early on future. Like mm -hmm. when you knew Gucci was still Gucci and, you know, all that. So I think during that time, people looked, at, looked for me to go to like one of the staples in the city. Mm-hmm. But me, I was just a fan of hip-hop growing up. I just thought, I, t I was just telling one of my guys that I was in school and all the New York dudes came down to Atlanta. This was around like 98, 99, early 2000. New York dudes was like, you know, coming down a lot. And they would just destroy us in like the cafeteria and the battle raps and shit. Oh, really? So I just, it was such a shame that I was just like, I got to learn how to rap. Like, I just got to learn how to rap because this is going to keep going on. Right. And then I just figured it out. And then it was, I was the king of the cafeteria after that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you feel like made you the king, though? Was it the wordplay? Was it the ability to really, like, just, just roast somebody? Like uh, it, was, it was a little bit of both. It was like you had to have a little personality. But the New York rappers was more, like, like aggressive. I had a bunch of different flows. I had, because I grew up on, like, MJG 8-Ball and, mm. you know, Three Six Mafia stuff like that, but my, I was a fan of like Nas. I was mm -hmm. a fan of Jay Z. I was a fan of Jay Dilla. So I could like be on a lyrical level with them, but I had a lot of flows. Mm -hmm. So it was like that's kind of what set me apart. You know what I mean? But did you find yourself from a super early age just gravitating towards rapping? Like you just knew that that was a skill that you were way above average in? Nah, I use rap to teach me how to read. Really? Yeah, cause. I people like that was the way I was like a class clown where, like you know I had a lot of personality play ball and shit and uh the way they would like kind of get at me was like okay well read the page 26 and that's when everybody was like see I told you a dumb man they woo, woo, woo. Mm -hmm. and then we get this wrestling in the classroom all type of foolishness so then I just kind of like a mixture of that it was a guy from uh from Philly who kind of taught me how to put my bars and everything together. And after that, I just started battling. Then I, when I realized I was good is when people used to rap other people raps to me. Mm. That's when I knew I was a threat. I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. But you actually knew? <laughs> I didn't know. So uh. I, I'll tell you a funny story. I was the best rapper in my school until a, the dude who taught me how to rap hit me with, how you like me now? I go blah, this the shit that move crowds, making every ghetto file. Right. I might have took your first child, scarred your life, crippled your style. I gave you power. I made you butt wide. He just <laughs> broke himself to a gun. And I'm in the eighth grade, like, bro, you 12. How the, 
But you hadn't heard the Nas song yet? Because this was back when you had CDs and tapes. Like, this, you ain't had an internet to be like, you only heard like what Pastor Troy, what was in your area. That's the biggest scam I ever heard of and in my life. And about three, four years later, I was in the car with one of my buddies that was from New York. He was, he, the song came out. I was like, oh, you know my partner? <laughs> like, you know Nas? I'm like, nah, bro, this my partner, bro. What are you talking about? Right. He like, nah, bro, this this Nas. He showed me CD. Then I knew in the eighth grade, I was battling the lyricists of the year and didn't know it. So that whole summer, I'm just like, this nigga killed me. I got to get him. I got to get him. And I just made myself Saha. Right. <laughs> Damn. So how much interest did Jeezy show, and, and what was that like? What do you think your career would have been like if you went for that? Uh... I don't know, cause that on that at that time Jesus was on fire. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was on fire. And I knew I had some street connections to him, so it was like, it was kinda, you know, gonna be a good situation. But the crazy thing is, I don't know what happened. I was there with him for a week. And then the last day, he was supposed to show up to a meeting that we were supposed to sign. He never showed up. Mm. And I had to go back to Atlanta because I actually I was getting like put out of my house, like evicted or something. So I was like, damn, I was really relying on mm. that situation. So when I went home, it's crazy. And like two weeks later, I was packing my bags to get out leave my career. My phone, Twitter is just going crazy. Kanye West endorses Kanye West and Kanye West. Because the week after I left Jeezy, Yellow would put the uh, the single out, right. the video. And then the week after that is when Ye seen it. So all the two weeks I was getting evicted, but I went straight to Hawaii. I didn't, I didn't need a crib for about six, eight months. I was with Ye the whole time. Definitely. But yo, like you said, you had some street connections to Jeezy. I saw when I watched the Vlad interview that there was almost tension with BMF and shit. Like from your, like for people who don't know, you were very much coming from like a street background and mm -hmm. BMF was like this juggernaut in the city and Jeezy yeah. was their voice box. Yeah. But it would have been cool for you to sign them. I mean, or during that time, I mean, my my street crew was just, it was just intelligence. You know what I'm saying? We knew that, you know, you we couldn't be like that. Mm. Like, we couldn't believe it. Like, wow. Like, I had never seen them like that. But I was fairly young. I was too young to be in the club, first and foremost. Right. So I wasn't even old enough to be in there. So then when they would come in, it was almost like, you knew the them folks was coming in too, because mm. at that time they was on fire. Like you, I mean, I've never seen that many nice cars, and a lot of my homies was in it in BML. Uh -huh. So I just we had a rule. Oh, I didn't have a rule. Our OGs had a rule. If you don't leave up out of there when they come in there, you gonna have an issue when you get back to the crib. Yeah. So anytime they would come to the club, and they would come to the best club, and they would go to like five clubs a night. So they were all, we always had to leave because they could go, they go shut the club down. It's like, dang, we gotta go, bro. But was it hard for you to actually abide by that, given that you know nobody wants to be leaving the club when somebody oh, nah, else shows nah. up? But you're you're having to think about your future a little bit. Nah, the, the, the dudes I was around, you'll see, you have another party day for you, but you better get your ass up out of there though. Right. They had a thing called Pumpkinhead. And I seen a couple dudes get it where they had knots all over their head, and I, I'm good. I'm going to get up out of here. <laughs> like, well, yep, I'm gone. That's hilarious. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, you go straight from like, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to paint the picture of how crazy this must have been that you're, you know, grinding as a underground rapper for years and years. Not to mention doing all this shit and dusty ass trap houses and all this stuff. And exactly. Then, and then all of a sudden you get summoned to Hawaii. 
Exactly. Where where had you even been in your life up till then? Like was Hawaii might as well have been friggin' Malaysia, right? Uh yeah. But no, cause I like I told you the dude I was removing with, we was just I was used to going to New York, okay. Chicago, LA all the time. But it was almost like I was on my own now. I kinda had left that alone because I wanted to be a full fledged rapper when I felt like mm. I was good enough to get a situation. I was in a situation. Like I was signed to Akon before I was signed right. to yeah. Well, I never signed with Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. But oh, I never officially did that. But um, I was signed to them, and then during somewhat in that situation, that's when Yay kind of found me. It was like, you know what, man, come work with me, cause you seem like you know you need a home or a place to kind of you know create, since you're such a different artist than most artists that was coming out of Atlanta at the time. Right. And so you weren't thinking about signing with him, though? Yeah, but by the time, I, by the, I was already signed to Def Jam. He was signed to Def Jam, so it was really no point. They didn't want to, you know, at that time, they didn't know who I was. Right. I didn't really become, like, taken serious until, like, so appalled and stuff like that. But then Def Jam just left it how they left it. It was like, we already got him signed. We don't have to. Right. He's already over there. Just keep it like it is. Interesting. So, like. Instead of cutting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But For so, sure. okay, you're getting off the plane out in, in Hawaii, and like, how how are you received, and and what is this introduction to this Man. world like? So I got off the plane. He had a driver come get me. I get to the hotel. My hotel five star. So I'm like, oh man, I got duvets, extra towels, mm. walking showers. I'm lit. I get out. I go to the um to the actual um studio and he was listening to my my mixtape when i walked in i'm like damn like oh he really like because this was like when the blog era was the, the instagram and stuff really hadn't took off was just he put me on his blog so when i met him he was just like man your mixtape so fire bro it's so fire bro that verse you did on whoop de whoop whoop de whoop and then amber rose was there so i knew it was a fish i was like okay this ain't a dream because i've seen shouted with him, so this looked like it's supposed it's a connection to, look, to reality. Like right, this, right. this is a real thing that's actually happening. Right, okay. right, exactly. So I guess that night, same night, he was like, "Man, I'm about to go to the movies, but man, I was thinking if you could help me write a hook on this song real fast." It was so appalled. Uh-huh. So I'm like, "All right, bet." So he like, "I hit you when I get from the movies." So he went to the movies, and I, he never came back. <laughs> but I'm in there just listening, like, so I write the hook part. And then I was like, man, I'm bored. I'm excited at the same time. So I was like, yo, engineer, just move me back six minutes and just let me write a verse just so I can do something. I just want to be creative. So I wrote a verse and um, he heard the the hook part like two days later, but he never got to the end of the song. Right. So I was out there for about another month, month and a half. And then I had to go to a funeral because my sister passed. So once my sister passed, I went to the funeral and the whole thing, it was kind of deep because that same week, the girl that I, I made stand get a girl pregnant. I don't know how I did it, but it was weird, weird. Wow. And I think I know how you did it. Yeah, yeah, I do, but it was a weird <laughs> night. Like, I don't remember, but I feel you. And she was going to get an abortion, bro. Right. And a Hawaii number calling me, like, ring, ring. She crying. I'm like, because I, I wanted to keep it, but she, she wanted to do this for herself. Mm. But. I'm like, dang, who it is? And I call, I'm like, hello? I'm thinking it's the weed man from Hawaii. He like, yo, this Jay. I'm like, man, cut it out. Whew, hang on, because he ain't had no phone at the time. 
So the number coming back two more times. I answer the phone. He's like, yo, this Jay, bro. I'm in here with Jay and B. They like, yo, we just heard this verse. Man, you made the album, bro. We got to put this on the album. I'm like, what? Bro, you got to hit me back, bro. He just going crazy, like, about the verse. And that was like literally like my breakthrough. So I went through some bad times during that time, but God was just always showing me the other side of it, just mm. being positive. Like, you know, I, was, I take a thing, give it at the same time. But when, so when you heard So Paul, it had all the verses on it aside from yours already? No, I had, I think it just had Pusher. Okay. Yeah, it just had Pusher. Because that, man, just re-listening to that the other day, I was just like, fuck, that really is one of the best rap songs ever. Yeah, Something was, about it. It just had that energy, man. It's just like, because Pusher, I think, I don't know if he had his whole verse, I think he had... I just know I heard Pusher, and I just heard the beat. And then I I was just like, man, I'm just going to be creative. Like, if I knew they was going to be on the song, I, I felt like I even would have went even crazier. Mm. But me, I'm just, you know, just in here playing around and never knew that shit, that shit was going to make the album. And that's kind of what made me a staple in the industry. Right. But so that kind of thing though where like you know you, you link with yay and then all of a sudden he's going to the movies and you're just sort of posting the studio and stuff like how, how did you feel about how you were going to fit into this world this extremely fast moving <laughs> bizarre world where you know like like that that I'm, I'm trying to imagine where your head was at when you were just sort of trapped in the studio all night and you're kind of thinking like this is dope but also this is whack like i'm just here by myself no, like you nah, already left i, I mean nah, because i knew i was gonna be there my trip my itinerary mm. was like two months oh, okay, so yeah. i was like shit, I'm, I'm lit i right. get a little per diem <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> i'm cool so it's like uh back then i just knew i knew i was special because not to just toot my own horn but he used to make me rap for everybody rap in front of every rapper mm. and i knew that's when i knew like oh, okay that, like i'm the reason why they did uh, the BET Awards when we did the uh, Cypher right. in the suits, the Rosewood suits. Yeah. I'm the reason for that because he had me rap for, uh, the uh, I guess, the director or the head of uh, BET. Uh -huh. He was like, man, we got to get him to do this on Woo Woo. He's like, yeah, for sure, we'll show up. And then that's how everybody showed up like th three days later. Damn. So, but at this point, like, as you're sort of working in that environment, are you thinking that it's likely that you're going to actually put an album out through good music and shit? Or are you kind of like, because had the idea of being a writer and being involved in this sort of peripheral way, had that already entered into your head that this might be the kind of thing that you're going to pursue? I'll tell you, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I had, um, before I met Khan Oye, I had over 15 deals offered to me uh. but my street crew was so notorious I didn't know that I was young at the time like 15 16 so I'm thinking yeah y'all just like me but when my guys went in there to ask y'all for the money y'all don't want to sign me so I had already had a deal from every label in the music industry prior to them hmm. but my guys are so fierce that people were like we can't work with him like that because he went down Right. So as me getting with Ye, I was just happy to be in the industry. I never like, I kind, I ain't gonna say I was over my solo career or anything like that, but it was just like, I was just happy to be out the streets and be able to just create. Cause I just, since I was young, I just like to write. I like to draw, I like to you know write scripts, poems. So I just like the fact that I could create, and it just turned into being a songwriter. Hmm. Interesting.
Okay. So how does that? Uh, so so you end up leaving. Um, so how do you actually end up getting that deal done? And and how did you feel about the fact that you had sort of like inadvertently become associated with people who had such a reputation streetwise that it was going to be that big a deal? Um, it's just like so. I was um I met uh Boo Akon brother mm-hmm. and he gave me a deal he gave me like 75 racks. Um I gave that to my guys to be like, you know, appreciated that I want to move forward mm-hmm. like alone. So they was like, "Okay, cool." And then I was already in the hole cuz I just gave all my money to the you know, my guys. So my previous label. So I was just like, "Okay, cool. I'm gonna just start my start my whole thing over so i was working with them for a second but it just wasn't moving because like i said i was a hip-hop dude more than just like a trap rapper mm. they thought i was more trap because the dudes i was hanging around but like well, i kind of like all kind of rap like mm. i don't just like atlanta rap so i knew yay had a somewhat of a universal style so that's why i picked that and that's kind of just grew to me doing different features, and then just me being in the studio, like, yo, bring him in. I just love his vibe. He kind of going, he like one of the best lyricists ever. So if we ever get stuck anywhere, mm. <laughs> we could just definitely ask, bro, he going to be like, oh, just say this or do this. Right. Then it turned into that, and then it just turned into being family mm. after that. That's interesting. So what would you attribute about your personality that let you thrive in that environment? Because I feel like Kanye's got to, or someone like Kanye has got to have a lot of people that are kind of in that position where they fly them out, put them in the studio, work with them a little bit, and then it doesn't really, you don't get along too great and it doesn't end up turning anything. What do you think about you Uh, kept you in that situation? You're asking the the right questions. It's like no one ever asked me, but... Well, it's hard to be a soldier. I see so many people fuck it up in the rap game. Because I grew up with some real deal gangsters, mafia gangsters. If you can deal with killers every day... And they, you know, erratic attitudes and pop bipolarism. Like, yeah, is a piece of cake. Yeah, mm. is like, Phew. you know what I mean? It's like, bro, this is this is an angel to me. Right. You know what I mean? Compared to what, like, oh, bro, you got a problem? Let go outside. It's like, bro, I just that was my Kool Aid. Mm. It's like that that fast. You don't wrap the controllers up after you play the video game. Mm. Like, let's go outside. Really. Absolutely. Yeah, so so you grew up around a, a lot of yeah, fucking violence in that situation. And huh? I ain't really like no street dude like that. I'm just a dude who just dropped out of school and thought I could just do some rap like that. Right. But I just ended up, you know, you got to get something to eat. So I hear it. Damn. Okay. So, so that in the nutshell, dealing with yeah is like dealing with a, a Jeff Bezos or something. I love that. Like <laughs> he's kind of like wild, like, and and you don't know exactly what you're gonna get. But it's not going to be, A, I'm going to beat your ass. Exactly. Mm. I, you can scream all you want to, get it to me. You know what I mean? Because I understand, what I understand with him is, bro, will in the universe. Mm. So it's like, if you pulling something, like you tug a war and you pulling something, you can, uh, mentally, he, uh, he pulling the universe into his favor. Right. So he going to have some of the moments when you trying to create Tesla, you're trying to create a rocket to go to Mars or like that level of thinking. You you going you gotta be as free as possible. So I understood that long as it, you know, it ain't never got out of hand to me. It's like some people, you know, come in there with pride. I don't I I left all that behind me. Mm. So I'm just 
understanding of that. But so did you have to put some of your own ambition on the shelf to become part of this machine and being around all these artists that were so huge and you know obviously there's there was times in your life where you're thinking like i'm gonna be the fucking star of the show and then as soon as you get into the studio with kanye it's kind of like that seems less likely now right maybe Um, it'll help but maybe i'll just be helping him I mean, you definitely have to be a humble spirit because sometimes people do want the spotlight. People do want the dream and, you know, you do want that that moment in history. Um, I think with me, it's like to really be able to harp on it the right way, I would say my the people that I work with, sometimes it's just as gratifying. Mm as putting out your own album. Sometimes it may be a message that I may not have been able to get across that I felt like another artist was could get across. And it ain't, I wouldn't say it's over for me. I'm, I'm heavily sought after as an MC. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, my, my fan base, my core, I could build it organically and it, it just keeps growing and the myth of me keeps growing. And then a lot of people don't know a lot of stuff I'm a part of or behind, but I let, those artists have those moments because definitely it was their ideas. Is it hard for a song to be fucking insanely huge and you know that you wrote a big chunk of it and then you just don't say shit? Because that's kind of the code of being a writer. Right. Uh, No, it ain't. You know, publishing checks are are pretty nice. Mm. And, um, you know, I always got friends. I know I got a lot of friends and favors I can always use. I'm just a humble guy. But I, I think it's not just me being as an artist. I think how I carry myself and how I am is very uh, vintage. Mm. Where I don't, I'm not on Instagram. I don't do a lot of that. If I'm gonna put something out, it's gonna be of substance. If I'm gonna say something, it's gonna mean something. These days, you gotta. I was on the cusp of uh, whatever the record label. Let the, we like the social media stars and people who are gonna mm. do that. So. I mean, I, I like to call myself and, you know, put myself in the position with the Freddie Gibbs or the, mm. you know, the currencies or the, you know, those level guys that could still put out great projects. As you see, like Royce, excuse me, I'm on his album as well. He's nominated for Grammy. So people that still respect the, you know, the art form of it, not saying that other people don't, but right. the original, like, lyricist part of it, where it's still you know, a select few. I was watching uh, that that one music video with Royce, who was, God, just like such a God-level rapper <laughs> right. that it's fucked up to even like try to think about him as, alongside most other rappers. Like, right. it's, it's interesting that he saw you as his peer that he wanted on that song. Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm, like, bro, I'm telling you, growing up, when I used to battle rap, bro, we, they would put the money up, right? So it'd be like 10000 <clears throat> you'll put up 10000 for your rapper, right? Right. Then they'll tell them where I'm from, mm-hmm. and they would triple it. Like, oh, no, bro, we got 30. Mm. We got 30 from Atlanta. We got 30. It's going to be easy money. Boy, we'll be having the boy, guns be drawn trying to get up out there. Like, no, nah, bro, this because they'll think I done tricked them. they be asking mm. me for my ID, everything. So I always knew, like, I always knew I was special, so I, I can do this forever. It don't, I don't have to rush it. Oh, that's funny, because that era of Atlanta being huge, it was like, you know, Jeezy, his 
stylistic change that he put onto the game was just simplifying rapping mm-hmm. down to the most basic elements, and it was hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. But I could see why they didn't really think that an Atlanta rapper was going to be mega lyrical at the time. Exactly. Too, right? That's when Jeezy first kind of changed the game. Then it was like street cred. It's like, now I got to go back to the street. It's like, man, I just <laughs> left from over there. <laughs> Five, four years ago, I gotta go back. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna go with the guy who do, you know, shoes and right. make nice, you know, lyrical songs. I'm gonna take that route. That's interesting. But when you, mm-hmm. like, you writing a verse to go alongside a Royce feature, your mental has to be in a different place than when you're doing stuff alongside side Kanye because like a lot of the Kanye stuff is meant to be huge. Right. Royce is uncompromising. <clears throat> he doesn't try to make records that sound like they should be on the radio. Like when I work with yeah, I have to dumb myself down. Right. I still have to feel. I still have to think on a high level, but I gotta figure out how to make it simplistic. Mm. Uh, with Royce, it's like I can be my natural self. I can really explore my mind. I can really come with some concepts, some, you know, some first person, second person, some similes. I can do my thing, and then that's why. That's why I originally. That's why I really thrive at. I feel like, mm. you know, the the more I got, I get the rap. That's when you hear. So, but Zaha. if you're writing something for Kanye. And you're trying to put yourself in Kanye's shoes. Mm-hmm. Do you ever end up writing something for him that basically kind of shocks him because he realizes that you're witnessing his life and that your perspective on his life might actually be more thought out than how he views his own life? You know what's crazy? Uh, that's one of the things that has kept us close. It's like, you know, I understood how to listen. So a lot of times... A lot of our, if he takes, let's say, a year to write an album, two years, 80% of that time is going to be brainstorming, right. flying. I got to know where he eating at. I got to know what who Anna Winter is. I got to, <laughs> you know, like, bro, I don't know these people, bro. Like, I respect yeah, they that. they trying to get me this. I was, man, we going to snap right here on this part. I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out. So he would take me to Paris, take me to Germany, and we was, I would be at the spot. So when he going to is like, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to put this on the song. I already know what he talking about. I already know the feeling. I already understand the, the con- where that concept came from. It came from this meeting or it came from this interview or it came from, you know what I mean? So once he speak to me about, man, what you think about this? And woo, I'd be like, yeah, we should put that in the song on that beat. Mm. He like, yeah, pull it up. Ah. He go in, he get the, and I already know who he talking God damn right. Yeah. Tell the, yeah, we coming $5 billion later. Right. How y'all doing? That sounds like a joyful <laughs> experience to be able to sure. be on the road with somebody you really fuck with. And then at the end of the day, they sort of like present to you the, it's almost like you're a journalist who is like documenting their life. But it's also like one of his favorite rappers. So he gets to hear someone who's an elite rapper rap about his life from a mm-hmm. very, very intimate perspective. That must be very yes. enjoyable. Actually, that's probably yeah. the best thing about being a billionaire. If I was a billionaire, I might want to do that as well. Yeah, that that's and that's how he run his whole life. Like his thing, his one thing I will say about him, he's the most giving individual I've ever met in the music industry, just in period. Mm. Like He'll be at his brokest and give everybody everything. He'll have no money just to have everybody around to help him create this shoe. Mm. He gonna empty the bank. Like he gonna like I, I've seen dudes who bring in the coffee get publishing. Mm. Theme song. I left the black jeans on. Oh bro, thank you, bro. Send me your information. You wore leather black jeans today. 
when you can't, some artists ain't gonna even put your name on the thank hey. you. Oh yeah. Like he gonna put you in, he gonna give you credit. You gonna think you wrote the whole song. People are like, bro, you wrote that song? Yep. Bro, you walked in there with leather black jeans on, bro, and he gave you publishing. So when Smoke Perp says that he has writing credit on the I, I Love It song with Lil Pump, mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that much. Because I mean, on Pump's I, I don't know how much he actually well, did. Well, that's Pump's song, so right. that, that was he might have, I don't know, I wasn't there. If he was in the studio just fucking around, he might have got credit. But everybody not like that, though. That's mm -hmm. just a, that's a Kanye thing. Like, if you in there, to, if you praying with him, if you was in the car when he thought of the bar, when you was driving... He gonna, you gonna be blessed. He gonna give you something to the point where like, bro, I ain't really deserve this, but appreciate it. Mm. But he, every aspect of the room, he, hold on, hold up, change all it, bring this down. You be like, bro, we, hold on, bro, we cannot. Mm. But he ain't gonna say appreciate it. So it's like, that's why he reciprocates how he reciprocates. Mm. The universe give it back to him. So a lot of people think, you know, it's hard to be around it ain't it ain't that hard not to me so but that was my dark beautiful twisted fantasy how many like how did you manage to stay in the loop and keep working on further projects after that like you just managed to stick around i'm solid bro hmm. i don't speak i don't speak out of turn i ain't i ain't looking at nobody girl i ain't talking about nobody back i ain't you know what i'm saying i ain't speaking if i don't got no knowledge on it I'm gonna ask you to teach me more. I ain't in there thinking I'm equivalent to him. I ain't telling him to take no hat off. If, that, if Christ put that on your heart, bruh, do what you do. That's your journey. Mm. I don't know what, oh, that's the ultra light beam that you got. Imagine me preventing a nigga from putting out the yeast. Like, bruh, I'm ugly. <laughs> That you ever think that, and then he but, sold like a couple million pairs of them, Bruh, Like, how you gonna, how, how you know who am I? You gotta when know he your done role. Flew yeah. in, he done flew in every great designer from every great company in the world on a private jet and put him in final just to come say, oh, the back of it's cool. Mm. Front of it, eh, thank you. Any, anything else? And they're going to check for you, too, just for helping. Mm. So it's almost like he done brought 50 of the hundred or 100 of the best designers in the world. What I look like, like, bro, I don't like that. <laughs> that ain't what I do, bro. I, I document. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I write, so I stay in my lane, and a lot of times... That's why I feel like a lot of people come in and be like, man, you should do this and you should do that. You should take the hat off. I done, I done seen people come in and talk to him. Bro, I done seen people come in and talk to him about, you know, his quotes and stuff. They'll be really, bro, you can't talk to me like that, bro. Not, mm. in, my, not in my mansion. Mm. Security. Really? Yeah, but he'll be like, I mean, dudes will be in tears. He, like he going to let you get it off. Right. Like, bro, nah, you ain't gonna be able to get that. Bro, you got the, I got my kids in here. Like, my, you know, you, you gonna have to talk to me a little better. Right. But he let you get it off. And it's like, it's just, it's just amazing how complex, but also just kind, bro, it's all at the same time. It's just a, you just got, you just got to know you working with a great man in a certain period of time that will be documented forever. Uh -huh. And every creation, everything that he, he says he does you're gonna be a part of something great well after we're gone mm -hmm. and i believe that were there times that were really defeating and disappointing when you would work on a project for a really long time and then <laughs> you just record like a hundred songs and you never see them and you're like 
Damn, that had like the 10 best verses I ever wrote. Hey, <laughs> this guy has to be there or something. Like, you're like a fly on the wall. I'm just like. imagining the, the, the trauma that you've been through, yeah. Uh, man, like, man, imagine how many samples that a designer had to make of these. Oh, jeez, yeah. It's like she, that he or she probably thinking the same thing. Like, bro, that's my 90th. Like, I done, I done had verses where I done wrote 40, 50 verses for the song. And he'd be like, I like the second one. Let's go with the second one. Right. Like, bro, I told you that. And and it'd be like, bro, we've we been saying that. But he going to make sure mm. it can't be 50 other ones better than this one. Mm. Or he might pick the 50th one. Right. But our job is to make sure every sam- every sample of this song, this shoe, this this hotel, this building, I need to see every one possible that could be made. And then I'll choose. Right. That's how you become a billionaire. But that introduces its own problems, I feel like. When you really have too many choices, like if, if you, mm-hmm. like we do a lot of online sales, if you have two options, mm-hmm. it's not overwhelming for people to pick from two options, but if no. you have 50 items, it can be really, really, people just feel overwhelmed and they, they'll just exit the website because they just kind of give up. Yeah, but you got to figure out how to make it one. Like mm-hmm. I heard a quote where they said, Steve Jobs would give the hardest job to the laziest person because he'll figure out the easiest way to do it. Mm. So what he'll do is, I'm going to take the soul of this, I'm going to take that, I'm going to take this part of that, I'm going to take that. And, you know, sometimes he want it abstract, then sometimes he's going to want it smooth. Mm. So it's almost like he just need to see all, you know, you just got to see everything from a full spectrum, all your options. Like if he's going to make a bag, he's going to go buy every bag in the world. Mm. From a Hermes to an army bag to a grocery bag to a glad bag. to And then he going to make the Old Navy book bag that right. they're going to collab with. You know what I'm saying? It's that, it's that type of tediousness. It's that type of research. And that's why I feel like he has that. That when he was, even when he was doing beats, he going to go through every sample. I heard he, every album that came out from like 91 to like 99, he redid every beat on every hip hop album ever. So really? he would get the whole Nas album and do every Nas from one to sixteen on Nas. He redo every beat to the T. Wow. And that's just not that's just Nas album, Biggie album, DMX album. Woo, woo. Everybody who came out before him, he redid their album. Wow. Just to fix, teach yourself how to make beats. So it's like if he gonna be that studious with beats, he gonna be that way with everything. Damn, that's actually crazy. And that's how I, I learned, like, dang, that's how you really make sure you win. Like, you have every option on the table. Right. Do not you, when you probably as a shopper, you probably right. like, okay, I just want to pick this thing. But, but to that, create but that. But it's a very different thing, too, because it's like for, you know, if you sample 100 items or you sample 100 shoes and then you choose one to present to the customer, mm-hmm. then that has its own value. Mm-hmm. Giving your customer 100 different shoes to choose from is the problem. But, yeah, you know. I mean Yeezys. I mean, how many came out so far? <laughs> yeah, but he's he's done a. You know, it's yeah. not like they put out a million different oh, yeah, yeah. types but, of shoes. Yeah. You know, but for the time being, I, I do think, like I said, he does put out a lot of uh, material. But he got more stuff. He got he got bigger ideas than just clothes. Like mm. his hotels, man, is like man. He got so much. It's just like, bro, you just got to kind of just be there to really understand it. And mm. he hires and put well you know, groom people in position. He don't put people that he feel like can't handle the the, the weight of their responsibility. So he gonna, like I said, he gonna interview 
7,000 people for one position. Mm. So it's like, I seen the man have 32 meetings in one day and I think I was like number 22. I'm like, but how do you have 32 meetings? That don't even sound possible. I've heard from people who've like had a meeting with Kanye of like what it's like that he'll just be working on a million different things at once and that like his, you know, helpers will basically be sort of like ushering the meetings in and it's like, Maybe you get a couple minutes of conversation, but he could just like sort of easily like drift away from it and just, you, you yeah, know, your, your meeting might just end and you won't yeah, even know. You'll be in another meeting like, oh, OK, I'll talk to you later. But he just want to introduce yourself. You know what I'm saying? Hear your idea. And you, he'll call you 10 years later. Mm. Like, hey, bro, I'm ready to do that idea. He's like, bro, I, I, I don't even want to do that no more. He's like, nah, bro, call your folk. Ring them out here. I'm ready. Right. And like, bro, I met with you in 2009. Right. Like, what do you mean bring it back? So it's like, that's how it is. Just You just got to be like water. You have to be like water because one day you're working on some SoundCloud rap songs and he's <laughs> addicted to porn. And then like two years uh, later, it's like my employees aren't allowed to have premarital sex. And also yeah. Trump is pretty cool. How do you ride this this wave? Like, it just feels like that would be the difficult part. I'm Because I don't indulge in too much anyway. Anything anyway, I think. Um, he only means good when he says that. And, and I mean, I, I we have had conversations about all those things, but unfortunately, he doesn't have a lot of time to spend with the world. Mm. So the people close to him get to spend it with him, and he could have an in-depth conversation about his quotes. Mm. Like a lot of times, people hear just the you know the one thing that he'll say, "Man, how this happened?" Woo. If you're the type of person who tends to go on, you know, hour-long explanations and, like, you know, really long, twisting conversations mm -hmm. that could be misinterpreted, you are not meant for 2021 because no. this is the era of the soundbite of the one tiny little quote out of that hour-long. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something I had to learn, too. It's like, man, Twitter got so many bots and fact-checkers and It'd be like, man, you can't win, man. You might well just. I heard Drake say, he said, 48 hours, they'll be talking about somebody else. Mm. So sometimes you just got to, if you, excuse me, if you do say something controversial, you feel like you said something that was on your mind, it's like you just got to say it, and the world might have their opinion about it for 48 to 72 hours, and after that, you come back out and you, and you prove and you work towards that goal of being able to get people to see what you were saying or, mm. you know, work you know if you say something controversial like okay we think they don't have this over here then go give them that mm. you know what I mean and I think that's what he does better than anyone like he does try to when he does say something even to me I'm privy to be there a lot of people not privy he's like yo this is what I was trying to say remember when we met with this dude this dude and they were told us I'd be like yeah I know that but you don't have that much time your mm. jet is on on <laughs> your jet is on ready to go for two hours and you just walk past the stage it's like yo this is that or you did an interview this is that and you got to go somewhere because you got another meeting right you don't have time to really like sit there like me and be able to have a full-fledged conversation definitely but okay so throughout all this of working with yay and stuff you also become one of the most in-demand ghostwriters slash writers slash you know working on people's albums possible so it's mm. like is there ever an awkward moment where it's kind of like I've been grinding on this shit for, for years, but so-and-so is requesting my services over here, or is it kind of like a fluid thing where you're able to just move around? I mean, most of the time it's guys that I've already been in the studio with, probably like with him or 
some some of my friends that are in the music industry. So it's not that hard. I just think, man, like it's only like I know I heard this thing called the five percent, and it's like it's only five percent of the artists that pay all the bills in the music industry. Mm. Then I, at at the time I came, it was like Jay Z, Beyonce, Rihanna, Justin Bieber, and Drake or something. Then everybody else just are like billboards in mm. so many words. You just put the label on your back, put the stamp on your CD, and just be like, hey, you know, I put out my album, you recoup. If you don't, that's the thing. But the people who keep the lights on mm. are just five to ten stars. artists. Yeah. And if I, if I wrote or our friends or assisted seven of them, it's like... That's pretty good. Yeah, it's like, how big could I have been myself? Uh, we can debate that, but we know what they are. <laughs> so let me put myself in your shoes. Okay. When the audio, the little snippets of you rapping, some very significant parts from Astro World come oh, out. Oh, man. And you, as, a, as, a, as the guy who is featured on these, uh-huh. this must have been the best feeling of like, hell yeah, now finally everybody knows that I actually wrote that part. Because you're not allowed to be out there saying it. It would be a nah, bad nah, taste. Nah. It would probably violate some kind of agreement. But here but it is for the world to see. I ain't like it. I, I, cause I, like, we came up with that together. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like me, I don't want to devalue myself. I'm not gonna do that. Cause I did have a significant part. But it's like to be able to remember somebody's thoughts and be able to put them down for them when they have. A meeting with Nike going on, Dior going on. I got a new daughter. Ooh, I had surgery on my mouth. It's like I'm just really there to help out. I don't see myself as like, because you got to think, this is one of the biggest artists in the world. He can have anybody in there to help him. Mm. So it was just me just being there as a friend, just cool. Like, which album sound like he playing it? Oh, that's going to be crazy. I knew that was the one that didn't have the same BPM as all the rest of them. I knew that was the one that. Fit a universal check it and we were just in that vibe and smoking and just be like, nah, say this. It's like bouncing ideas off. It feels like a violation of that relationship in some way when when the snippet leaks of the yeah, original yeah, because that, that's not. I wouldn't say that's fully how it is because before I was around Trav, Trav was a successful artist, right? So it's it's. It, it'd be wrong for me to just say it's all because of me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I do think I had a big part in it, but any producer slash writer that comes in is going to have a part of cultivating. That's why he called you. Mm. He didn't call you because he felt like he couldn't do it himself. He called you to get more information on what I'm trying to do on this album and how would I do it? What would you do? What flow would you use? Okay, I, I see why you would do that. I see why you would use that melody. Mm. So that's really what it is. It ain't like, and this is why I tell people all the time. People are like, man, what you think about ghostwriting? Because everybody say this about me. When you've already conquered rap, Travis, Drake, Kanye, they speak for the genre of rap. Mm. So when they go to the Grammys or they go to the highest level of music, we want y'all representatives. So the whole hip-hop industry has something to do with a Travis album. Mm. The whole hip-hop industry has something to do with a Kanye, a Drake album. Because they have the resources to be, I want every producer that, I want Lil, who do Lil Baby beats, bring them up. Who do Nipsey beat, bring them up. Who do Roddy mm. Rich, bring them up. Who do anybody, bring them up here. Because I'm going to fly them out and see what they got. Mm. So everybody's contributing to 
our best artists to be able to put them on the stage next to Adele. Adele or Sam Smith walk up there, and there's 30 people up there with them. Mm. I want to thank the violinist, the marina, the, tenor, the, the trumpet player, the piano, the producer, the boop, the boop. They got a whole long list. But a rapper, he got to go up there. Uh, I want to thank God, the engineer, <laughs> myself. Like It's hard to compete with 30 great musicians mm. And we trying to represent for rap or hip hop, and we can only be in there with the engineer and some weed. Right. It's like, bro, you're not gonna be able to beat them thirty people who can read music and heard all type and researched it. You know what I'm saying? So we trying to compete with albums of the year. Mm. That's what we doing for hip hop. So artists like Drake, artists like Kanye, them they have to get all the information from our huddle. Like, yo, yo, okay, this is what we gonna do. Ooh, ooh, break. And then they go present it to the world and say, Adele, or this country song, or whoever, see if y'all can compete with that. Mm. And they go back and get, they bring stormers and they come up with their music and say, Kanye, see if you can beat that. Drake, see if you can beat that. Right. You know, and that's, that's what music is. That's what pushes the, 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 the music industry and just in the whole. Because we all have the idea that like a rap song is the producer and the rapper. But th- for me, as a person who runs a business, it's like, I would have to be a really egotistical fucking asshole to think that my ideas for a t-shirt are the best ideas for a t-shirt. <laughs> right. I hire a graphic designer. Right. I hire multiple graphic designers. They exactly. figure out the t-shirts, you know? At a certain point as a rapper, like, and, and you know, I'm someone who, I loved Kanye's music and his verses before he probably even had writers. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's capable. Right. But at a certain point, it's like, well, when I know a guy who I can hire to have part of my team and I know for a fact that he's one of the best rappers in the world, i.e. you, I would have to be a kind of a crazy person to not want to enlist the, the help of, of people like that, especially when he exists on such a giant level. Exactly. And it's like he already know he influenced me. Mm. Like It's like you hear how many artists sound like Drake? Mm. Like, like y'all singing about me more than – because – what he doing is natural. Then you got people that just sit there and study it. They so infatuated with it, they just study it. Like, man, like, man, to the point where you could do yay better than yay can do yay. Because mm. you done studied this man more than he just living his regular life. And he has to run all these businesses and shit. And meanwhile, there's rappers who don't have anything and he, going on. And they get to think about rap all day. Exactly. And at the time, he was that same rapper. Mm. He was in the studio helping other people. Making sure they songs is right, writing verses for like so it's like one hand wash the other, both hands wash the face. For sure. Were you there when Kanye and Chance got into it in this viral video that came out a couple weeks ago? <laughs> no, I wasn't there. It's okay, you can just tell me everything. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't there. I wasn't there. But it wasn't what the like that that was that was a bad depiction of what that was. Okay. You know, a lot of times, like like I said, they so close like brothers, you gonna argue. Right. Like that's that's normal, mm-hmm. like, but they make it seem like it was more egregious than what it is. But one thing about it is like, man, you got to know who Tom Brady is. Mm. And that's what it is. I ain't questioning Tom Brady. Mm. No disrespect, but, bro, if that's what's on your heart, that's what's on your heart. If I thought you was a foul individual, I wouldn't fuck with you no more. Mm. I don't think that's what he meant. It's like. He's privy to certain information because he can meet with every sheik in the world. Mm. He can meet with every governor, every president, every leader of a kingdom. So he's going to have information that Twitter doesn't have. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, 
it's going to be some things he get to talk about with some world leaders and some activists and some, some, some historians that things that people ain't going to find on the Internet. So if he say something, he would have to explain to you where I got it from, what origin it is, where part of who I spoke with to be able to say uh, uh, slavery was a choice. Right. Like you'd be like, man, what the are you talking about? But a lot of times when you speak of our people, you only start with slavery. Mm. The world's been here for 200,000 years. You know what I'm saying? What were we doing prior? You saying we had no kings? Mm. You said we had no time. Shoot, it was part when Genghis Khan ran everything. And the people slave from Genghis Khan. It was like God works in mysterious way. He's going to bring that. He's going to shift that power to each group of people, different parts of the world's existence. Mm. And we just happen to be living in this one. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's where if you don't know the history of what he's reading or the people he's speaking with, he might just say something that may be controversial, but it's for you to do your research. And I think even when he does say controversial things, people educate themselves. We start having real conversations. Man, that ain't right. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And this, 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 and that, that, that. Then you start, I start learning more. Like, mm. I seen so many people cuss them out, bro. I had to do my own research. Right. Like, bro, I, am I tripping? Because I heard six people come in here and just, I mean, his best friends. I'd be like, so I'm looking. I, I had to educate myself, and I realized, okay, I understand what he was saying. I ain't finna let them deter my feelings of somebody that changed my life and changed everybody in here life who cussing them out. Because mm. I, I mean? regardless of what you think about that particular statement or what he was intending to say, I think that it's a really scary state of affairs if people are scared to have interesting conversations because they're scared that they're going to think the wrong way you know exactly. in a perfect world like people should be so free to to examine all the different potential routes of thought mm -hmm. that you should be able to dabble in thinking of things that are clearly wrong or clearly not ideal and you should be able to like at least let your brain float there and and see it from a different perspective or, or try to make sense of things and if we really make it so that like your career is over as soon as you say something that's offensive exactly. just for you pondering it that's very. That's a very negative yeah, state of affairs. That's a scary state of affairs. Yeah. Like people don't know how scared it's. Like, hold on. So you saying, I can't even think. I can't be like, okay, but what about this? Well, what about this? I can't say what about this. Mm. Then it's like you can't question nothing. They could tell you, yeah, uh, it's snow in Texas, mm. but it ain't melting. Well, what's going on? <laughs> like, why is it catch? Why does it look like plastic? It's like. Right. We don't know. Why are you questioning it? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, but that is a weird one because it's like, you know, myself, I would assume that the snow is melting and that in reality you're using the lighter. It's turning into gas right away. That's why it's not melting. But whatever. Right, it's okay. Right. But, you know, there's like a childlike wonder. I wouldn't necessarily assume. I, th I think probably a lot of the people who are melting the snow with lighters are like crazy ass QAnon people or some right. shit. But you have to allow people the room to ponder stuff. And you just you know? taught me something. What? That it could be the gas. That's it. I believe that that's the explanation. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I'm trying to say. Somebody like me, if I would have never opposed that, man, what is gas? What is ice? Ain't milk? You would never educated me. <laughs> right. And then I was like, oh, okay. Now I feel educated. So mm. the same thing with him is like, he's gonna put it out there so each other. Cause we I always ask him like, man, why we ain't got a cure for cancer yet? Mm. If everybody's so smart, why we ain't got a cure? Right. So it is like COVID was tough. So it's like. People have to figure out, you figure out how many different uh, 
uh, test they did to find the right vaccine or the one that they think is right. Right. They have to do a lot. They got to try. Okay, let me try hot saucing. Let me try <laughs> iron mixed with. They, they, you know, you don't because we don't know. Right. And now they figured it out through process of elimination and how to get the gorilla glue out the girl hair. The dude said, man, it was just simple science. I mixed. <laughs> I would like to see what her hair looks like it right is. now, though. A lot of girls' hair can barely survive having some fucking hair dye in it. Never mind Gorilla Glue. Exactly. But the scientist, the dude who said he was a scientist and a, right. uh, a doctor, he remembered his science, you know, chemicals and put it together and it melted it or got it out of hair. Right. But it had to, that problem had to oppose itself mm. for that answer to come. So that's why I think it is. I think he's just willing the universe and he's pushing other people to. Think harder. Mm. Think stronger. What are you sure? Are you positive? Mm. Or are you been living a myth? Are you living a lie? Just make sure. You know what I'm saying? Like a human wrote the book. You, you just I mean? always got to keep thinking and keep asking questions. And yeah. if we just encourage people to accept the status quo and not continue to try to question things, then mm -hmm. this is a very bad state of affairs. Yeah, and we don't progress as a as a as a race. I mean, as a human race mm -hmm. in, in that. In that uh, text. Definitely. Um, do you think Kanye and Drake will ever patch shit up? <sighs> I hope so, man. I hope so. I'd be one to like, you know, I can't really participate. Like, I really want to. Like, I'd be like, I like Drake. Like, <laughs> you know, but I can't, you know, say it. But let me tell you something. He does, too. He loves Drake. Mm. He loves him, bro. You know, I just think a lot of times with him, it's like, I heard a quote when uh, Jay-Z said, he said, man, Ye is like the dude who the Indians are over the hill. And somebody said, hey, man, who going to go see if the Indians are over there? Now, you got all these street gangsters. They like, man, I ain't going over there. They might. Ye be like, I go. What a horse. <laughs> Take off. He'll go over the hill. They say he'll come back with arrows all in his back. Like, hey, man, they over there. <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's who he is, bro. Right. And, it, and it's like. He's that for, for every human on the world. Bro, I done seen him call lawyers and try to step into stuff that ain't got nothing to do. Like, yeah, why? That, that ain't got nothing to do with you. I don't like the way they picking on him, so I'm going to give him my lawyer. Right. It's like, all right, bro. Because I feel like a lot of <laughs> successful people, you're always sort of running this program in your brain of, like, how is my time best spent? Yes. And then I feel like Kanye is somebody who's sort of doing that, but he's he's not really, like willing to to really take his creative mind and put it in a box mm -hmm. he has to let it run free mm -hmm. he has to just randomly be volunteering his lawyer to someone even though that 15 minutes that he was on the phone could have clearly be spent doing something that was going to have a bigger impact exactly and and that's what it is man i that's why when they say protect yay that's a real thing bro i don't care he can cry around me scream around me fight with me wrestle with me I don't, I don't have no, no type of way of feel about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I understand. I know who he is. Like, I've spent enough time with him to understand everything he doing is mean and good. He's just trying to help other people. Because he rich. He ain't got to do nothing for y'all. Mm -hmm. He ain't got to pay no money. He ain't got to do nothing. He can just be like, oh. He's just overly just, just caring and giving. But he going to request a lot. Mm -hmm. But he going he gonna to pay you for your services as well. And you're going to be proud after that piece come out or that album or that shoe or that design or whatever it is come out. And then, like I said, you're going to go down in history, and I really do believe that. 
Definitely. Was it ever awkward for you being that you helped out with sicko mode and then it was later revealed that sicko mode was a low key Kanye diss? <laughs> I mean, some people knew, but then Kanye tweeted about it. So hey, then we man, really knew crazy, it was a conspiracy man. theory for a while. And then it wasn't. <laughs> No, it wasn't wasn't that, because I didn't know, to be honest, I didn't know Drake was going to be on it. Right. I didn't ever hear that version. I just heard this, that's all I heard. Mm. So I can't can't say that. Definitely. Um, So where are you at in terms of your relationship with Kanye at this point? Like, obviously, he's in a little bit of a, a weird mode right now. If you were to believe TMZ, they would be telling you that he's not in a great state of mind right now. Where are you guys at? Uh, man, I don't know where they begin their information from, bro. I, I mean, he, he called me when my my incident happened uh, a couple of weeks ago. He just, you know, we just talked. He's like, man, I'm in my monk stage. You know, I'm just being creative. I'm being peaceful. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just working. Like, I'm just trying to keep my mind clear. So that's all I really talked to him about. He kind of was asking me where I'm at. What's my headspace, and um, and was I okay? So, I didn't really get into that with him. You know, if he brings it up with me, then we'll discuss it, or you know, I'll try to hear him out. You know, give give him my honest opinion, even if he wants it. Sometimes he don't even I don't give him my opinion. I just let him vent or speak to me when he want to speak to me. But I mean, I've been a part of that. I I don't know if that's it. Got to be signed, sealed, and delivered before I can really say anything. Because it could be like, man, you know just a rough patch so Mm. but when I spoke with him he sounded incredible like I don't think it's getting now of course you lose it's the woman you love right this is the your heart this is your family your kids any dude who's saying he ain't tripping he probably ain't love your wife right (laughs) just no yeah you know what I'm saying like like I remember when he cried on stage about you know people said his presidential run is about his abortion like bro he said man the fact that people think I'm crazy for crying is crazy. Mm. It's like, bro, I'm in my situation. I was so mad. I just couldn't. I was seeing my friends call me from like I met like some of my first friends. Like, bro, you good? You good, man? You good? I was angry. I wasn't even mad like much, but I just, tears just came out of my eyes. Like, man, I ain't spoke to him in 15, 20 years. He would have been at my funeral. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, people. Life and death is like a joke now. It's on World Star. Mm. Everything World Star, World Star. Like, bro, did that it, occur to you that if you had got killed in that situation, that it would have probably ended up sandwiched between all the other people who passed away that month? It just feels like shit is so fucked up right now that yeah. you almost assume that when somebody passes, even if they're important, it's not going to get the respect or the attention that it would normally deserve. Right. That's why I know. I got stitches in both palms. Mm. I prayed to Jesus in the middle of the motherfucking, uh, 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 uh. and he brought me out. When they peeled around, it might have been eight seconds from when I wrecked, and they peeled around to see if I was in the car. And you could tell that they were pulling back around to. I didn't. This was the, the witnesses said. I ain't okay. see that. I was. You got knocked out, or nah? Just couldn't I, tell. I'm covered in the blood. Right. Christ, like, uh, uh, we took them, took them, flip, uh, took them, get out that seatbelt, uh, mm. sunroof, uh. 
You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. They they couldn't believe that I ain't had no. I mean, I had I was bleeding from both ears. They were like, "You didn't get black. You didn't black out." I'm like, "Bro, you don't know the God I serve." Mm. When that story came out, a lot of people probably thought like, "Sihai seems like a really nice guy. Doesn't seem like an asshole. Doesn't seem like the kind of person that you would imagine that anybody would want to hurt." Mm-hmm. But then when you kind of dive a little bit deeper into your history and stuff, it is kind of like, oh, okay, this guy really was in the streets for a long time. Is there any chances related to that? or are these Because you don't even live in Atlanta, right? So it exactly. seems even more unlikely that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, I mean, I don't know where it came from, so I can't really speak on it. That's, that's something that's, that's the eerie part of it. It's just like you don't know where it came from. But secondly, it's almost like, even when I was in the streets, I ain't do nothing that deserved a fist. I don't run off on the plug. I, I gave me some, I gave it back to you, I paid my way. Boom, boom, I had a couple fist fights. What, who hasn't? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? A few shootouts, but who hasn't? Nobody. You gotta do something really fucked up or somebody wanna kill you like 10, it, 15 years later, right? Exactly, so I thought it was definitely either a mistaken identity or I do have friends that I grew up with that may still politic or, you know, Atlanta is street. It's mm-hmm. just rap is street, man. It's just like you don't have these these artists don't these labels don't do artist development no more. Mm. So what you think how you think these records are getting put out? This would be crazy to me. I go to the label, they be like, man, how you don't put your album out like the other? Hey, 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 hey. Oh, you you mean you talking about the other the five hundred dudes last year who went to prison and the other five hundred who died trying to put their record out? Oh, you just see the eight, nine, you know, you see the twenty ones and the, the little babies. Them the one out of a thousand that made it. You get what I'm saying? And mm. it's still kind of hectic for them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, I mean, when I first came in the game, you just had to be talented, had great music, and they'd be like, you know what? We gonna sign him. We gonna develop this. And we gonna put this out this way. We gonna, you know what I mean? Mm. And it was a long term thing. Now it's like, I want them all. I already, you already gotta have a number one song on the radio. So Universal, if you pay three hundred, four hundred thousand, not saying you do, but you promote, use that as marketing to get the number one song on the radio. How you think some kid in, in the middle of Summer Hill or Bowen Homes, get a number one record on the radio? Mm. Cause he got my. Three million in the flow. Right. But he lost a lot of friends. He probably been to prison. He probably been shot a few times. And all we do is interview him and be like, oh, he's the biggest artist in the world. But if you see now, Instagram show you every day is bodies, shootouts, and they getting killed just to put their song out. That's deep, bro. Crazy. Like It's like Tom Brady getting in the shootout after the Super Bowl or <laughs> – you know, like Russell Wilson after the game. It's like, bro, he's a professional entertainer. Right. You're a professional entertainer. But you can die about this entertainment. Yeah. But that one, you just get to go home to your 12-bedroom mansion and everybody just want autographs and wave at you. So this is like something that we eat on ourselves. They they use this to kind of eat at us like, oh, okay, y'all think y'all balling? Okay, yeah, we got something for you. Mm. And that's just what it is. So... It's a lot going on in my city. Now we the only city open. So all the rappers well, from concentrated every, there. That's a good point. Every coast of the world, uh, you know, United States, that's a street dude that I got a bunch of money, but my whole city closed down. I'm going to go to Atlanta. Right. 
And now it's just like free for all. It's just like they breaking in cars. They find breaking the house. They find anything. They go sell it to a rapper crew. Bunch of different yeah. crews from different cities all being yeah. in the same place does not often end up well. I remember I was at Rolling Loud in Miami, and there were so many goddamn shootouts and and crazy <laughs> shit that happened just in that one weekend. And I'm really thinking about it like, oh, like. These dudes want to kill this guy because he did something to their friend and there was no way that they were going to be around each other until Tim now. So, loud. of course, this is where it all happens. And it's like, I mean, that in itself is just a scary state yeah. of affairs where we're, we're scared to congregate because people have issues to such an extent, you know? Yeah, so that's the biggest thing. It's like, man, y'all won, man. Y'all got Super Bowl trophies. Mm. Why we want to go back to prison or die about a rap song? It be like, bro, y'all can't truce it up. Like, casualties of war. Mm. You from the street, he from the street. It's just everybody from the street. You know what I mean? Especially if you black, you from the street. I don't care if you grew up. I hate when they be like, man, he ain't even from the hood, bro. My cousin, my auntie, everybody else in the hood. Like, because I grew up in the house. So it used to be like, my cousin used to come to my house and think we were balling. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I would go to my cousin's house. It's in the projects. Like, we one degree of separation. So it's like, if I become a rapper, if I'm from the hood or not from the hood, my cousins, my partners is from the hood. They gonna come with me. They ain't finna let you do nothing to me because I'm supporting their families. But you probably thought you were past that part of your life, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, that's what had me hot. Like I had so many street niggas calling me, all my old, you know what I mean? Like, bro, all you gotta do is do this. All you gotta, hey, bro. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, now I'm back into the street. I thought I left this 15 years ago. Right. So it's like, man, that's what had me hot. Like, man, you got my all my niggas back activated. We chilling. You know what I'm saying? We got businesses, real estate, niggas trying to go grab the joints. It's like, oh, man. Right. It's like, bro, we, we got kids, families now, and that's what it's trickled to, like, innocent people. That's right. why I feel like in Atlanta. It's just like, it's just turmoil now. It's like no money out there. So dudes got bags on dudes you know, robbing somebody, taking a watch, go sell it to another rapper or another crew. They get it. Now you done made you 20000 Now you go fuck it off at a club. Right. You know what I mean? Now you got to go do it again because you done fucked it off. It's just like, that shit just keep, it's just, it's just eating at itself. And until, like I said, until we professionalize it, it's like, why is why there ain't no Sony building in Atlanta? Mm. A universal building. Capital, but it's the biggest genre of music. This is the trap music. Atlanta yeah. artists, the big, you ain't even put one building down there. Yeah. When you're in Atlanta, like for me, as somebody who hasn't spent a ton of time there, but when you are there, it's weird. It feels so different because in LA, there's a ton of music shit going on, but then you also have the corporate side of things. So it's like that, mm -hmm. that kind of governs it in a lot of ways. When you're in Family. Atlanta, mm -hmm. there's mad studios, mad people posted up recording and stuff. Some of the most fun nights I ever had was just like bouncing between studios, linking up with mad different people mm -hmm. and just seeing mad people. But then, yeah, there isn't like, you know, there, there's no attempt to really like turn that into a hub in the way that you would think that they could. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got all that talent there. Like, even in New York or L.A., y'all still got places that talented artists can go. Right. If you not, if you don't have a street bus, you still go drop your music off at Sony or, you know, because you still got that, especially in New York as well. You still got your universals, your, you know, your buildings. But, like, in Atlanta, it's like, you want to get your album out? I got to see OG, 
East Side Jody or, right. you know what I mean, one of the guys who got the paper and just be like, bro, can you help me? I got you, bro, but that come with what it come with, you know what I'm saying? So it's like every crew in Atlanta, if you want to be an artist, you got to go to your OG in your hood who got a check and be like, bro, put me out. Boom, he going to put his stamp on you, mm. but he had to step on a lot of people to get this money right. and vice versa. Every crew got to step. So it's almost like the whole city just stepped out in so many words, it's like running rapid at this point. Right. For sure. So that's, that's I think I just got caught up in that, being that I got a Bentley truck, mm. you know what I'm saying? I look like, like I supposed to be. And then the police like, man, you reacted like a street dude. So they probably thought you was him. I said, I reacted like a street dude. I mean, I'm trying to get away. Right. <laughs> like, what do you mean? You reach for your gun, but hey, hey, nigga following me, bro. Nigga chasing me down and went in reverse on the highway, everything, bro. I'm reversing up the highway, tractor trailers coming. I'm doing all type of shit to get away. Yeah, the reversing on the highway thing. Yeah. That was probably the scariest shit that Come I heard on. in the whole thing. Nah, and then they, they start driving the other way? They came, now they headlights is pointed at me. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to figure out who did I owe, who I owe, who I... I'm trying, can I call this thing real fast? It was that, bro. Like, so it's like when they get on some GTA, like now y'all, y'all on another level, bro. I, got, I ain't, I ain't even trying to be around that. And that's what it, I think that's what the city is. But it's it's very profitable too. It's like you make it out of Gladiator School, you make it out of Hunger Games, mm. you're gonna have the number one record on the radio. Mm. Cause just that story, just that, that, that rags the richest story, especially in Atlanta where Niggas is really getting money, really putting on. Females want to be there. You know what I'm saying? It's like you make it out of Atlanta. It's like, yeah, you got to be solid. Mm. You got to be a real one. So it's, that's what people glorify. It ain't even really about the talent. And if you could be decent, you're going to be successful. But, you know, with me, I just – I graduated, man. I'm, that's a young – Young nigga sport to be out here trying with my guys artist, trying yeah. to, you know what I mean, get revenge. As long as I ain't, no, I ain't get shot, I got a few stitches, you know what I'm saying? I'm still here. So that's why I kind of kept a humble approach. Like, man, I don't even want no revenge because, I mean, I lost my little car, you know what I mean? Or I, I got some stitches, but I just really want to know, y'all, what's the issue? Like, because I don't have no issues. I don't recall no issue. I can't even think of one. I don't got no baby mamas. I don't got nothing. Like, so right. I can't even... I ain't hitting nobody else, girl. Like, you know, the, the normal shit niggas get into to get into a situation. Man, I'm at Sunday service. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm in Wyoming. I'm like, how the hell am I getting in this? So right. that's what that's just the that's the paranoia part of it, just not knowing what it is. But it, I think it was a sign of God. I was like, hey man, just get out the way and and keep 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 positive, keep peaceful, and, and keep doing what you do. Yeah, because I mean we had an incident where I was on live stream and somebody actually broke into the studio and put a gun in my face. And, yeah, I've uh, seen it. Yeah, that was weird. Um, but I remember walking around after that just really feeling, like, just good about life. Like, you know, I'm a little traumatized by mm -hmm. that situation, but at the same time, I felt like I kind of kind of really felt like I was going to die for a second, and that kind of makes me look at life differently. Different, exactly. You know, I, I feel like you probably had a lot of that right Man, after, right? I told I told my people, it was, like, it was like being alive during your funeral. It was the weirdest thing. It was like so many people checking on you, girls, you old girls crying, and whoop-de-whoop, -whoop. my mom and daddy, they got to stay strong. I, what I thought they would, because they're such Christian, you know, mm -hmm. believers, and Lord got, got a plan, and I'm thinking my parents gonna be like, what? Crying and stuff. They was like actually like 
God got his hand on you. You need to go on and sit down. Woo woo. I'm like, damn, my parents ain't tripping. So that's why I ain't really put it out at first. Because mm. I was just like, but then I knew the news people was dead. People on the scene knew my name. And, and it was just like, I knew it was going to come out eventually. So I just wanted to put it out myself, speak my piece. But it was just like to hear, you know, people reach out to your friends. You know, the whole music industry reached out to me. Right. That was crazy. Like, damn, I wouldn't have never even been able to talk to, like, Trav no more. Like, damn, like, that's my guy. I want to be able to see, yeah, I want to be able to, you know, see my loved ones, my friends. That's why I was just like, I was happy and mad at the same time. It was like, I was, tears was coming out of my face, but I'm like, not even showing no emotion because it's, it's weird. Like, why everybody calling me? And it's just, it just was a weird thing. So I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, it makes you appreciate all your loved ones, all your friends, but at the same time just you know reflect on it and try to get past it and 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 become peace at peace with it definitely do you uh i'm sure you don't know but do you have any idea of if there's going to be any arrests made and that would be fascinating because that seems like that would probably be your best bet at figuring out what yeah the but there's so much going on man it's, mm. it's so many people dying like that like i just seen a story today it's just sad it's just like I don't know, it's just, it's weird, man. I feel like it's other people that ain't got no justice for the similar situations that I went through that, I mean, I had so many girls DM me, they robbed me here, they shot at me here, I'm still trying to learn how to walk. I'm like, learn how to walk? And it's all in Atlanta. (sighs) I'm like, bro, like, so that's why I really had to speak up because I felt like it got to the right people, but I still want to just, let the let the artists know, man, not even just me, but let artists and young men know that the goal is to is to is to live. Mm. Life is precious, man. And I think a lot of times when you're young and you're going through that's those setbacks, it's like a it's like a, a slingshot. You know what I mean? You let it go and you you catapult forward. It's like LeBron James wouldn't be LeBron James if he had his pops and lived in a eight-bedroom, I mean, the sub- suburb. You had to put that pressure on that diamond. Mm. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, a lot of these guys fold under the pressure of God putting, you know, cleaning that diamond for you. And in the midst of that, they go to prison or they lose their life. You know what I'm saying? And not knowing that he's just polishing you and molding you so when you do get there, you be worth what you're supposed to be worth and get and reciprocate what you're supposed to reciprocate. Mm, definitely. For sure. Obvious question, but did going through this near-death experience make you just want to get the Joe Budden battle out of the way just so you won't have to be, <laughs> you know, like, this is something you hey, probably want to honest, cross off the list, honest, right? To be honest, man, like, I, I ain't, Joe Budden's really a fan of mine. Oh, yeah, he's made he's that so, clear, yeah. He, he upset that, he feel like my best friend won't put me out or put me, you know. I said something to Ye one time. I was like, man, you're going to kill the music industry with this. He said, man, I'm trying to get us out the music industry. Mm. I said. But that's unfortunate for somebody who's trying to get a bag off the music industry. I, I got a bag off it. And you got to think, man, I got a, any idea I want to do, I got an investor that nobody has. 
This is a good point. Limitless. So if I want to do hotels, if I want to do philanthropy work, if I want to do anything I want to do, I got 50 ideas. He could be like, I don't like all 49 of them, but there's 50, call my accountant. Mm. But even just the idea of you and Joe Budden <laughs> I would, having I that would demolish Joe Budden, though. Just to be honest, like Joe Budden, I, I don't want to do no beats battle with Joe Budden. Look, I need to look you in the face mm. on smack stage, something like that. Oh. Tell him to sit up. I, so I had a half a ticket. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I got a half a ticket. But do you consider him an elite level yeah, MC? Absolutely. I was yeah. a, that's why I know I destroy him. <laughs> I already I studied Joe Budden. I already know. He don't know me, though. Mm. He don't know how deep this and then when I get into my feelings, like when I get into my, yeah, when Jesus' little nephew come out, he he had been a walked off the stage before. I didn't even know he was off the stage. Like, oh damn, bro, I was still going. I'm a, I'm a yeah. Budden might be out of practice too. It's been a few years. Hey, I'm, hey, and that, that ain't just for Joe Budden. <laughs> that's for any artist that think they can go with me. One, that's what I relish in the most. Mm. That's my that's my purest essence. That's when that's my cheat. When I'm looking a man in his face and I'm giving him my intellect, I'm giving him my heart, soul, spirit. He ain't gonna. He, he too. He got too much going on. Do you think if you had become a battle rapper that you'd be a legend in that game? Yeah, yeah, I would. Because what you're describing really sounds like that skill set. Yeah, yeah, I definitely had like, yeah, you got to be a performer as well on that stage. You just can't be a rapper. And I mean, I, I, I. I dim my light because I got too much light. I'm like Cyclops. If I took these off, it's just, this shit just burned down. So I have to keep my, you know, I'm an X-Man, so I have to keep my, that's why I'm humble as the way I am because I know my potential. I know them folks will kill me for what I know. You know what I'm saying? So mm. I give I give you my little thoughts in black skinhead, little new slate. I'll give you a little bit because if I gave you what I really knew, you know, I tell people, like, um, the feds would be at my door if I wrote a tell-all. Really? Absolutely. So I just, I'm just grateful for where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been around million. I, like, I met Puffy when I was 13. I was in the club with Puffy when I was 13. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was around Wolf all in when I was a baby. So it's like. I already been around this. I already I had techno marines when I was in the eighth grade, ninth grade, two Skytail pages, mm. a 78 Fleetwood diamond in the back, sunroof top. My partner got a 6'4". You know what I'm saying? We used to, when I was with my OG, we couldn't even ride the rap. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You, you in a motherfucking $60,000 old school, you got Curtis Mayfield. You know what I'm saying? You can't even put rap on. You'll get pumpkin head. That's hard. So it's like, that's what I was grooming. So where I'm at now, I'm blessed. A lot yeah. of mafia guys, though, they end up telling all, like, when they're old. Yeah. That kind of appealed to you? Like, you could write, like, this fire-ass book one mm -hmm. day and just air out everything once nah. most of the people are gone? Because they did time, so they could mm -hmm. talk about it after that. This is true, you yeah. know what I'm saying? None of my folks, by the grace of God, that's why they were sharp, is they, they sharp. Right. And they made me sharp. So it's like, I, like I said, when I'm around bosses, when I'm around leaders, I understand what that ain't no difference than Kanye than being with a a Meech. Mm. It, it ain't no different. They both think on the highest level. They both think creatively. They both are leaders of men. They all the same thing. It's just this is the, they would consider this illegal and this legal. But they have the same mindset. They have the same drive. They have the same. 
their schedules are the same. They both wake up eight in the morning. They both got a chef. They both, you know what I mean, got security. It might be Secret Service or you got these dudes from the hood. It's the mm. same thing. So it's like being around leaders of men, I've just learned that growing up. And then when I got with him, I just understood that he's he's trailblazing and people not gonna like it. You know, some people are, but when you, it's what the mark that you leave and the, the minds that you open. And that's, that's the biggest thing I'm glad to be a part of. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Just the history of it. Because they got to write a new book of the Bible. Eventually it got to be one. Mm. It's going to be people in there. Just make sure you one of them. That's a good point. Are you still pushing to, uh, you have like a freeze sci-hi type campaign going? You have an album that you really want to oh, put yeah, out? Barcode. Well, okay. I got a TV show I'm doing right now. It's like a podcast. It's like a, I would call it Tiny Dad slash Living Color slash Jimmy Kimmel vibes. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was I was bored, man. It was like quarantine. I was like, man, I feel like I'm locked up. Everybody, I, this is when the uh, basketball players was in the bubble telling me they feel like they in jail. I was like, man. Then I just started drifting, like, man, I feel like that too. I got all this music I ain't put out, but woo, woo, woo. These folk want to charge me 30000 for a sample. Woo. I was like, you know what I should do? I'm mentally in jail as well. So I did barcode. This is the shirt. Merch, I'm going to get you something too. Oh, I need that. Yeah, you know that's hard. That shit's so, dope. But it's just me. I mix uh, comedians, actors, and musicians all on one show. So we do skits. We do uh, live um, um instrumentation music i got conjugal visits where i bring in the the uh instagram models to come dance for me i got you can uh chefs we got child time so we bring in celebrity chefs uh -huh. so it's like a whole full-fledged show that i did with just a lot of social media guys and and actors and just influencers and musicians myself and we just put together this show called barcode and this was your first time working on something like this yeah. this just kind of came to you during mm -hmm. the quarantine damn yeah they thought you were just a rapper huh exactly that's so hard. that's what i'm that's what i'm looking to get into film like I, i'm i'm a student of ice cube mm. you know what i'm saying i'm trying to get yay to give me an internship but ice cube if you want, i know you're on the west coast ice cube can i just do an internship <laughs> Anything, bro. I just want to be, I just want to learn, brother. What is it about him, though, that you want to learn from him? Because Ice Cube had a similar plight. You know, he wrote a lot for a lot of different rappers. Mm. So that just was a skill set that I always thought he had. And he transitions that skill set into Fridays and mm. to, you know, all the other plethora of music, um, movies that he has. So I feel like I have that same skill set. I was writing scripts and poems before I ever wrote raps. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm, that's my real deal, like, love. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think we, I think me and Q gonna, Ye was gonna link us. So eventually he, you know, we'll put it together. I mean, Cube is kind of like a beyond fascinating character. When you Absolutely. think about how early he was on the acting wave and, and just yeah. being in NWA and how, what an incredible career he's had since then, it's exactly. pretty astounding, you know? Big three, he done went all, he done went and did all type of stuff. So it's like, I, that's, that's, that's a, a idol of mine. He's he's a genius. Yeah, that was, I think that was my first rap CD. Um, and it's crazy to think that there's so many kids who are watching this right now, or maybe not right, maybe who didn't make it an hour and a half into this interview, right. but in general, who just think of him as an actor and they could never really wrap their heads around how big mm -hmm. his impact was. Yeah, As an MC, yeah, yeah. for sure. That's a fact. Um, okay, so 
all this new shit coming. It sounds like things are going good. It's yeah. unfortunate that you had to deal with this fucking situation. Yeah, but we're gonna get to it. Yeah, man. But I, it made me, it made people really appreciate what I do as well. Mm. So a lot of times I, I get forgotten about. But you know, I understand because I'm, I'm low key. It's not like I'm chasing the, the spotlight or anything. But I appreciate you for reaching out, just really giving me a platform to really speak my story and also, you know, let people understand me a little more since I am. Like I don't do like I can't do this. <laughs> if, if, if we gonna have a real conversation, I gotta have a conversation with an intellectual. Right. And I feel like that's what you are. So I appreciate you for inviting me. Oh no, this is probably a very uh, in demand interview right now. Everybody yeah. wants to know what the fuck happened, but you <laughs> yeah. don't have a ton of answers in that regard. Right. But uh, right. Then no. you probably gonna have everybody calling me again. <laughs> but nah, it, it, uh, I hope the people that that see this that did that to me understand the caliber of human I am. You right. know what I'm saying? A lot of times, nigga be rah-rah, woo-woo-woo. You know, we lost a lot of bright brothers, man. Like, man, like, even, like, Nip, I was with him, like, in Atlanta, like, a month before. I was so hurt, bruh. Fuck. I was so hurt, because, you know, me and him kind of was in that, you know, we, Freddie Gibbs, me, Cole, you know, we mm -hmm. all kind of came up together. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's like a comrade to me, man, and, and and that really hurt. And it's like our most powerful voices. It just seemed like they figured out how to get us and then lead the rest of them out. Like, <laughs> like if you, you know. tried to kill someone, and then the last thing I would want to do is watch an interview with them afterwards, because like if you like in order, I would assume in order mm -hmm. to get into the mentality to do something like that, you have to really like dehumanize the person in exactly. your head. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to think about. Is their fucking mm -hmm. wife and kids? Mm -hmm. That's gonna stop stop a lot of people in their tracks. Absolutely. So you know that's what, but that's the thing. Like I don't know them brothers. You know, man. I, you know, man. I was young. That shit be coming along with the game, and that's why I hate, bro. It's like it's a reason why lions live in the safari of Africa, man, and they have their own like. It's, they have their own space. Mm -hmm. Even when the, the the son comes of age in the pride, he kicks the father out of the, the the group. But it's almost like you put them all in one area and tell them fight it out. That's what it is in Atlanta to me. It's like gladiator school. It's just like niggas just gonna shoot it out all the way till it ain't no more. And I think motherfuckers just try to stick to the street code so much. Act like it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. Man, that shit's something, man. We lost a lot of great artists, great people. Like, it's a plethora of artists. Like, I was just thinking about a lot of artists that didn't make it that I was fans of. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I ain't even in it like that. So it's just, it's just sad. And I, I just want our brothers to know and sisters to know, like, this is a privilege to be able to speak to you and be able to put our music out and be an entity in the music industry and be able to buy mom's houses and you know, do all those things. Like, I've done all those things. I don't post it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I bought cars for my whole family, houses, everything. And I don't post it because, first of all, I don't want to get no glory for doing what I'm supposed to do. And you first. don't want people to know how much your checks are from right yeah, now. Yeah, and shit. I don't need niggas knowing where my people stay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like, I ain't really did. Now, I'm the first-generation millionaire. All of us are first-generation millionaires. You know what I'm saying? You got some groups of people that family them been... 10, 12, 50 generations. Like, if something happened to me, man, we go all the way back to zero mm. or negative. If something happened to any of these artists, their whole family go all the way back. 
to zero and you just took them out of poverty, you, your son in private school, you know what I'm saying? That's what they be putting their sons at private school. Mm. They around, you know, a complex group of people. You know what I mean? They they ain't in the hood. So why you, you know what I'm saying? Why y'all can't really understand now a lot of times what we rap about is our life. That's the only way we can get that's all I know. You know what I'm saying? Gratefully, I, I am good at listening to somebody else's life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Rapping it. But my life is all I know, bro. And that was my journey. And it's just, you know, I'm just glad to be here. And I just want all the just young men in my city to understand, like, that they that's just God working on you. You ain't, you know, sometimes you get too frustrated. Just stay the course. Sometimes they get out of bounds and and get to doing things they aren't supposed to do. But, you know what I'm saying, I hope karma don't even come back on them because I could take a few stitches. I'd rather take a few stitches than a nigga do 20, mm. 30 years for killing me. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's sadder than these stitches. You know what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of dudes, like my, one of my favorite dudes, not to keep going, harping on, but uh, Wallow267, mm. see him do 20 years and had a spirit and just the, you know, the happiness that he have. He only been home for like a year, man. Everybody in there ain't gorillas. Mm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them dudes be sharp dudes, young, nice young men. But it's just like you get caught up in this one situation, they throw you in there. That's why I got an initiative called Jail, Judging Another Innocent Life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what that man's circumstances is. Right. You know what I mean? So it's hard when a nigga young, ain't got no family, everybody on dope, or you doing ooh, you just trying to figure it out. So... That's why I don't really have no malicious on because I ain't get hit, gratefully. And um, I just, like I said, I just want them to understand that, you know what I'm saying, I'm cool. As long as I ain't got nothing to do with nothing that I don't supposed to have nothing to do with, I'm good. I don't need no revenge. I don't need to put nothing on nobody, nothing. It's just, it is what it is. I, I get a new whip, a few stitches, cool. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Hey, man, I appreciate the interview so much. My for guy. real. It was, for uh, sure. it was It was actually a shitload of fun just getting ready for it and right. then great conversation as well yeah man I, you ask, you ask some great questions like i do a lot of interviews and they like somewhat the basic same questions yeah, yeah. but you really dove in on you know like really did your research and i appreciate and that. I also i wanted to pull this up and just say that this moment in this Ooh. rap video this is the kind of girl that i was hanging out with around <laughs> this era i don't know the emo haircut didn't make its way into a ton of rap videos. Right, but that was Wolf. Wolf had them all. Like, there was skaters, <laughs> all type. It was everything out there. So that was the start of everything right there. Right there. That changed my life. It's crazy. I got to figure sure. out what Pill's doing right now. Yeah, we got to get him up. You got to get him up here. He got some stories to tell. Yeah. He been through a lot, too. It's not a bad idea. For sure. Fuck. Sci high. No hey. jumper. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Like, comment, and subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. No jumper. Hit my man SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever. Yes, sir. Let's go. I'm coming soon. Appreciate you, man. For sure.